Donald Trump has declared a national emergency. Flights have been suspended from Europe to the U.S., El Salvador, India, Israel, Denmark, Poland, Ukraine, Croatia, Norway, and Slovakia have banned all foreign nationals from entering their countries. It is currently, as of right now, in the middle of the coronavirus situation. There's 182,000 confirmed cases around the world, 7,125 deceased, 6,481 serious cases, 78,000 people that have been recovered, 136 out of 195 countries affected. French citizens will have to remain in their homes for two weeks, while those caught breaking these orders will be punished. Spain, Portugal, and Italy are on lockdown. Germany, Russia, and Panama just closed their borders. The city of San Francisco just went on a three-week lockdown. Saudi Arabia has suspended all international flights for two weeks. Israel and the Pacific Islands have also closed their borders. The world has never seen anything like this. I just found out today that a friend that I hung out with on Thursday is 100% confirmed now with corona. These are the days where you have to be really focused. You can't go about things casually when there's chaos about. You have to be more focused. And I think that's something that people need to recognize. Like Whether you think this is affecting you or not, it is. We stand today. The Business Method with a shadow. The Business Method. The Business Method Podcast. The Business Method Podcast featuring Chris Reynolds. Entrepreneurs, systems, methods, tools, and tactics for location independence. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, I'm your host, Chris Reynolds, and welcome to the Business Method Podcast, a podcast featuring successful entrepreneurs and high-profile people dissecting their business models. We dissect the different methods, tools, and tactics of high-performance online entrepreneurs and high-caliber people in a series format. On our first series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs in 100 days that have built businesses creating $100,000 or more annually. On our second series, we interviewed 100 entrepreneurs that have built location-independent businesses that produce over a million dollars and annual revenue and now we're interviewing 100 major influencers to get behind the minds and the science of using influence to grow business and influence income results economies and cultures there's a growing number of people building these caliber of businesses like this and we're going to figure out what it takes to make this happen now let's jump in today's show the business method Hey guys, I want to give a quick shout out to our sponsors, nomadx.com. I'm really glad to have these guys on board as our sponsors because not only are they friends, but they're providing a really amazing service for location independent entrepreneurs and digital nomads around the world that makes our lives so much easier. At NomadX, you can find apartments, bedrooms, or co-living spaces in Portugal to rent on a monthly basis. They are completely equipped for digital nomads and remote workers, 50% more affordable than Airbnb. But that's not all. NomadX, you guys, has an inclusive community of like-minded people, so you never feel lonely while traveling through the country and spending time in major cities. NomadX has so many events for guests and the local communities. They have weekly dinners, meetups, workshops, masterminds, dance parties, yoga, meditation retreats, and so much more. Globally, you can find the NomadX Facebook group, a lifestyle community for digital nomads where you can get all the tips to help you on your journey. But that's not all. They're fully operating in Portugal and will soon be launching in Bali. Get all the details at nomadx.com. That is nomadx.com. And now let's jump back into today's podcast. The Business Method. Listeners, welcome to the podcast today. It is currently, as of right now, March 16th, 2020, 1030 p.m. Central Standard Time in the US and um, currently in the middle of the coronavirus situation. As of now, you guys, there's 182,000 confirmed cases around the world, 7,125 deceased, 6,481 serious cases, 78,000 people that have been recovered, 136 out of 195 countries affected. The major states affected New York are in the U.S. or New York, Washington, and California. Donald Trump has declared a national emergency. Flights have been suspended from Europe to the U.S., El Salvador, India, Israel, Denmark, Poland, Ukraine, 
Croatia, Norway, and Slovakia have banned all foreign nationals from entering their countries. Foreign nationals from Europe or Asia were also prohibited from entering Colombia, uh, where there have now been 24 cases, and officials closed the border with Venezuela as well. French citizens will have to remain in their homes for two weeks, while those caught breaking these orders will be punished. Spain, Portugal, and, Liter and Italy are on lockdown. Germany, Russia, and Panama just closed their borders. The city of San Francisco just went on a three-week lockdown. Apple said it will close all of its re retail stores outside of China until March 27th. Saudi Arabia has suspended all international flights for two weeks. Israel uh, and the Pacific Islands have also closed their borders. And in Chile, they have banned all public events with more than 500 people. And in the Philippines, now has a curfew and urged all malls to close for a month and it's pretty chaotic the world has never seen anything like this um <clears throat> we wanted to deliver a podcast and talk to the world about handling a situation like this um itamar is going to jump on and i'll introduce him here in a second he's going to jump on and talk about uh the mentality around survival tips and how to handle chaotic situations, how to approach this as leader, as a calm leader, how to stay ahead, how to be transparent, how to adapt, how to risk, uh, how to analyze a risk assessment, how to quantify dangers, um, how to handle methods of control and create a contingency plan for yourself. And then later on, him and I are going to talk about tips on boosting your immune system. I am by no means an expert on uh, coronavirus or what's happening, but what I do talk a lot to people about is boosting their immune systems and staying healthy. And it's uh, ever so important right now to fight off those viruses. And then we'll wrap up with some things you could do while quarantined in your own home. But real quick, um, Itamar is a former special forces for the Israeli army. He has uh, 15 years experience in counterterrorism. He's the youngest air marshal in Israeli history. Uh, he is was the head of security for three years for a billionaire. He is a Thai Israeli Brazilian Jiu Jitsu champion and he's a coach on crisis management and he helps business leaders manage crises and create mission clarity for their businesses through executive coaching and team training. Itamar, how are you, buddy? I'm doing good. All things aside, with all this panic in the world, I'm doing good. How are you yeah. doing, Chris? Uh, I'm 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 rocking and rolling. Uh, all things aside, and uh, I saw a quote on Facebook today, and it said, uh, "20 uh, this week, 2020 has been a hell of a year." And uh, <laughs> <laughs> that makes sense. Very indicative. Yep. Right. Very indicative. And and so we want to tell you guys real quick. Um, Itamar's calling from. Hanoi or Da Nang or Hoi An, Hoi Yang, Vietnam. Hoi An, so it's thirty minutes outside of Da Nang. Yeah, and how are how's the situation in Vietnam? The situation seems more controlled um, than in Western Europe and in the States. Um, I think to this day there's been either thirty-two or thirty-four confirmed cases, no death, but it does seem like the government is being pretty proactive and ahead of it. They've instituted several laws that everybody who's outside has to wear a mask. Um, but in general, I think there's also a cultural perspective of collectivism. And everybody here isn't trying to look out for themselves. They're trying to think, how do we do this for the best way in the, the entire community? Mm. It's more of an Asian culture. And I think that is also having an effect that everybody's trying to take care of things and make sure it doesn't spread. That's good. I think that's a fair thing that um, we could probably learn a lot as Americans and as individualists. But I have seen that popping up. So for, for an example, uh, a friend of mine named Ron Lynch has created a Facebook group called Intelli, IntelliHelp. So check that out, you guys. Over the weekend, it's grown to over 10,000 members. And it's about uh, it's a Facebook group where people, if they're struggling or if they, they're in need of diapers or toilet paper or medicine, that they can post on there. And now they're getting moderators for each state. And that person can then um, say, hey, you know, Joe is in um, – Podunk, Kansas, and Joe needs uh, some medicine. He's he he's diabetic and he's running out of medicine. Can anybody take it to him? He's not able to. And then somebody takes over and finds somebody that can do that for them. So, yeah, dude, dude, the the world, um, you know, these times are scary, but at the same time, like this is when humanity really kind of shows its best colors because yep. yeah, people show up for one another, and so. 
So you haven't been exposed to the virus yet, have you? You've, you've been happy and I'm healthy. Not. Yeah. I've been happy and healthy. Good. Well, I just found out um, today that uh, a friend that I hung out with on Thursday is 100% confirmed now with Corona. And uh, I went to a meetup. Um, you know, it was full of a, a bunch of people that I hang around with, a lot of entrepreneurs. And I thought, oh, everybody will be healthy there. You know, it'll be all right. Um, he had happened to be traveling a few weeks prior through France and, and Vietnam. And, uh, and then... Um, caught a fever on Saturday, two days after him and I hung out and then now hundred percent confirmed that he has it. So I am doing the smart thing. You guys, I think anybody will, and we'll talk about that later. Self quarantining, um, locking yourself in and uh, going out just to your yard or maybe a walk on the street where there's no, not a lot of people and stocking up, you know, we're stocking up on food. We've got two and a half weeks of food here, uh, pulling out a little extra cash just in case we need it. But um, you're the you're the specialist on that, man. Tell uh, so Itamar's experience has given him quite uh, quite a vast knowledge of handling crises and what to do in the mindset. So I'll just let you take the mic away for a bit and and tell us your point of view and how you would go into the situation and handle it. So I think the most important thing is to first off recognize that you're naturally going to want to drift. Your brain's going to drift into some sort of panic, mm -hmm. whether it's self-induced or because everybody around you is panicking and it's kind of infectious. And that's something that you have to decide to not get sucked into. That's the first thing. It's like cooler heads prevail always. And this is a very challenging time to do that. So you have to make a very conscious decision that I know this is the default that I'm likely to spiral into, but I'm going to fight against that. Mm -hmm. That's the first thing. That's the prerequisite to all of this. It's to deciding that I am going to stay calm and make a conscious decision on a daily and hourly basis. Even From there, you can go into more technical things like how to actually create a contingency plan, what triggers will make you do what and go from there. But it really is that most important thing at the beginning, just to stay calm and to decide to stay calm. What are, what are some ways that you recommend, you know, for you, you've had years of training on how to stay calm, right? But for the average person out there, um, maybe not so much, you know? So when something like this happens and, you know, say, say it's a mother at, at Walmart and she's worried about her kids getting exposed to other people because somebody's coughing there. What do you recommend the average person do to, to maintain that? So for the average person and for not just average person, but for everybody, it's really hard to stay calm and stay logical in real time. And so if I'm at Walmart and somebody coughs near me, I might just like be, Oh my God, that's Corona. I got to escape. I got to go crazy, whatever it may be. But if I ahead of time thought about this situation when I was in a calm state, mm -hmm. I said, you know what, if somebody coughs at me and they're in the vicinity of 12, 12 sorry, in stalking feet, they're <laughs> in 40 feet away from me, that's fine. But if they're two feet away from me, maybe I should go home and self quarantine. Right. And it's one of those decisions that if you're doing that in real time, you just hear someone coughing, you're not going to be able to think about it logically. But if you ahead of time kind of broke down these certain situations and created this kind of very simple, like if this happens, then I'll do this because this is this, mm -hmm. you'll be able to pull that out and be a lot more calm in real time. Now, I know you use if, then, and because quite often. So give us some scenarios where that would play, play out right now. So on a very macro level let's call it like the people are now like how you got supplies for a couple of weeks you have food and all that what trigger needs to happen for you to start using those resources because those are tucked away right now right mm -hmm. these are for like kind of like a doomsday scenario where all the supply chains break down so only if i know that the supply chains break down and i'll know that because these couple things will let me know that i'll hear it on the news i'll see that stores are empty whatever it may be then I'll reach into it because now is the correct time as opposed to just my favorite restaurant doesn't have food. Oh my God, I'm going to panic and I'm going to go into my supplies, which is very plausible. Like when everything's around you, everyone's panicking. It's very plausible to get sucked into that. Yeah. And what about situations where somebody, you know, say they decide to self quarantine and, and you know, there's in the States, maybe this might not happen. Maybe it might happen, but say somebody runs out of medicine, you know, and they need it. Um, their, their child has hemophilia or their, their, you know, they have, um, 
um, diabetes, you know, where they have to have it. Like, w- what's your thoughts on handling the situation as the actual person or yeah. uh, the family family slash friend that is keeping an eye out for that person? So I'll answer it like this. So how you're saying, like, there's levels of danger. And you have to recognize, like, what's the least danger? Because you're in a, in a bad spot right now. So the, ba- the worst danger is that the child can actually, like, get into real harm and he might possibly pass if he doesn't have his medicine. Mm-hmm. And a lesser danger is if somebody who you know is healthy and is not quarantined or whatever, maybe he can get it for you. It's like it's still a danger always sending somebody out, especially when everyone's talking about social isolation. But you got to figure out, like, what's the, the least necessary evil? And then go with that. Okay. And also recognize like how much time do you have? So let's say you say the child's medicine is going to run on in seven, two hours. So the first 24 hours, I can just try to see if I can order it online. If it's past 24 hours, I can got to see who in my network I can reach out to and who I can send away to get it to us, whatever it may be. And then the last 24 hours after 48 hours, it's like, I got to do something about this. Right. And those, those are like the triggers, like the timeline, like up to this point, I can have this amount of like leeway. Here I can have this amount of leeway. And then when it's like crunch time, I just got to do what I got to do. Yeah. Tell us, um, Itamar, about um, staying calm as a leader, the, the mindset that you guys learn when handling crisis situations. So let's put it like this. How, if you were not a leader, if you're a follower, if you're a soldier, if you're in the business world, or if you're, if you're a part of a family, how calm would you be if you knew that the person in charge had this under wraps? If you're like, oh, he's, he's ahead of the game. Mm-hmm. He knows what to do if this happens. He knows where we're going to go if that happens. He has all these plans made out and he can stay calm on the fly. And I trust him. Mm-hmm. You'd feel pretty calm, right? You'd feel like he's got it in control. Right. Now, the thing they teach us is like that you have to become that leader. It's that internal leadership to yourself. So you have to decide that this is the kind of person I'm going to be. And the really interesting thing is, and we'll probably get into this later when we're talking about health, like that the mind takes over when the body can't. Right. And the most profound way I saw that in the special forces was that like, there would be times where like, I was just dead tired. And I was like, man, I think I'm at my limit. And I remember this like one giant exercise we had, like we were just like going up a, mo- a mountain and it was, it was a very gruesome. I'm sorry, very grueling exercise. And I was like, man, I'm spent and I'm cramping up. And all of a sudden, one of my teammates um, basically fainted because he was dehydrated. And as soon as that happened, like something switched and I just had all this energy to help. Mm-hmm. And I think if you kind of tap into that and say, you know what, I need to be this leader now, not for myself, but for others, you get this boost, this boost of like, oh, now I can step up and do this. I think the first thing is like recognize that this is the kind of leader you want to become, this calm leader who's ahead of things, who knows what's going on and communicates with his team, with his people, with his family members. And then also get motivation from seeing this is your opportunity to be that, to help these people. You're doing it for them, not for you. Right. Don't stay right. calm for your own self because we always put ourselves second. But stay calm for them. And that should motivate you and that should help you go through it. And that actually actually can boost your immune system and keep you healthy because you're in a, a, a giving state of mind, which actually releases mm-hmm. some neurochemicals. And so one tip here, one key thing to think about, guys, is like, uh, don't you, you know, you got to take care of yourself, but don't just think of yourself, you know, and this one of the reasons this this Corona is spreading around the world so rampantly is because people are primarily thinking of themselves and continuing to to get their stuff done on a regular basis and go to work instead of just staying home and self quarantining. So how about Itamar when it comes to to staying ahead, staying on top of communication and being transparent in situations like this? So I think after you've kind of made that decision to be that leader, this is how you execute it. People panic when they don't think the leader has a plan. When everybody's just like talking like, what is this going to happen? What if this happens? What if this happens? But if you simply lay out this is guys, I got this. These are the things that this is the contingency plan. If this happens, this is where we're going to go. People will feel very assured. And when people are assured, they're more calm and then you can win. And it's like people will follow you and they'll be calm. Thing is it's like, not everyone's a leader. Some people just feel more comfortable 
following a leader in this time, mm-hmm. but you have to make them feel assured that you're actually a leader. Right. And you can do that by being transparent. So a common mistake, and you should know that this is like a fail point if you have to respond to things. And it's challenging, but if somebody is asking you a question and you have to respond to it, they don't feel very comfortable because they're like, why did I have to bring this up? We're already in a time of stress and panic. Okay. But if you're ahead of the game, that's why they always say, like, get ahead of it. And you're just telling them, listen, if this happens, this happens, if this happens, this happens, then even if they have a question that you didn't answer, but you answered the majority of things, they feel confident that you know these answers, that you're thinking about things. Right. It's really just being transparent and instilling a sense of confidence in people. And again, this either your business or your family members as well. Like whether it's your spouse, your children, your parents, whatever it may be, if you can instill a sense of confidence in them, they'll actually calm down. And because they can calm down, they can function better. And mm-hmm. they'll also stay healthier because I'm sure you know this in a much more scientific and smarter way than I do, but when people aren't stressed, they're healthier. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. something really important to be aware of. Absolutely. A really good example of this, you guys, is like if you think you've come in contact with somebody with coronavirus, be transparent about it. The first thing I did when I heard about that I was hanging out with somebody on Thursday night is I told the people that I've come in contact with, every single one of them, I messaged him, even my family that I hadn't been in contact with, contact with, I wanted to make sure that I was on top of it and everybody knew um, what was going on. I was communicating clearly um, and I was 100% transparent, even on how I was feeling. I have a little sore throat and some phlegm in my mouth. That could be signs of it or it could be just a little sore throat and some phlegm in my mouth. So so transparency, you guys, another reason why this thing is spreading uh, rampantly is because people aren't being 100% honest with themselves and transparent with the people in their lives. To double down on what you said, what was so great and how you said it is you were transparent. You weren't honest. You were transparent, which are two very different things. Yeah. Like in the special forces, people get kicked out for being honest. Okay. Being honest is when you come to me and then I answer you honestly. I was like, ah, man, maybe I could have hit it unless I would have been asked about it like straight up. Mm -hmm. Being transparent is let me volunteer this information because this is important. Okay. And like, especially when it might come to my detriment in a way where I have to self quarantine, I can't go about my life the same way, whatever it may be. But this is an important value to be transparent, especially in this situation, like how you did, which is phenomenal. And that's how it should be. And not just like saying, Oh, maybe I have it. If somebody comes and asks me, I'll be like, yeah, I was just in France right now. I was just like, you know, traveling, whatever it may be. But like that difference between being honest, which is kind of like, you're just trying to like, Oh, I'm, I'm not a bad person. So if someone asks me, I'll just say it right. as opposed to really being transparent and being yeah. open with things so people can feel comfortable with you. Yeah. Like I'm yeah. sure right now people are saying, Oh, we really appreciate Chris doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And if they would have had to ask you and you would have told them, even if you were honest, they're like, dude, what the, yeah. you should have told them. <laughs> and, and subconsciously what happens is people lose respect if you don't do that. Right. Yeah. So that's a little a negative one on the subconscious respect side of things. If people see that you're doing that for sure. The next thing, Itamar, uh, we want to touch on is adapting because people won't be 100%. Like throughout this time, <laughs> very few people are going to be 100% through what's going on. You know, nobody really knows who's been in contact with who. Nobody knows what's going to happen next. I mean, literally, just a few hours before we hopped on the mic, I heard that Panama, Russia, and Germany closed their borders, right? And San Francisco went on lockdown for three weeks. Yeah. So like the world has never seen something like this. Yeah. So, so how about talk about adapting because, because people aren't on their hundred percent levels. Yeah, so I think again, it's funny cause it sounds so basic and simple, mm-hmm. but it all has to start with awareness. You have to be aware that people are operating at a different level. And it's like just how you wouldn't approach a person in the same manner when they're just in the middle of their day as opposed to if you know they pulled out an all-nighter, they haven't ate and they're cranky, you have to do the same kind of thing. You have to recognize that people are not operating at the same levels. You can't speak to people in the same manner that you would speak to them two months ago. Mm-hmm. Everybody's holding to some kind of baggage. They might be worried about their job because the recession is coming up. They might be worried about their family. They might just also be cooped up in their apartment, self-isolating, whatever it may be. And these things you have to take into account. Like If you're really trying to communicate in order to get some sort of outcome, a positive outcome for you, for them, for everybody involved, you always have to take into account their state. 
Right. And now everybody's in a compromised state. So as you as a leader, whether again, it's in your family, business, whatever it may be, you have to take this into account. And you have to talk to people first, make sure they trust you and they feel comfortable that you're actually listening to them. You're seeing their situation for what it is. Because until you, they do, until you do that, until they feel like they're being seen and heard and you understand what's actually going on, they will not listen to you. How about quantifying danger? Quantifying danger. Okay, so this is an interesting thing when you're trying to think about like what I should prepare for, what kind of possible harm may come to me or whatever it may be. It's in the federal service we use this. It's like it's, there's three main parameters. There's the magnitude of possible harm. How much damage could this really inflict on my health, on my business, on my family, whatever it may be. Mm-hmm. The immediacy of the threat, of the potential threat. Will this affect me right now? Will this affect me 10 years from now? And honestly, this immediacy factor is why a lot of people were not respecting Corona because they're like, oh, I'm young. This won't affect me. It might just happen in the world in like five years from now. Who knows? And the last factor is the probability. So it's like an MIP formula, magnitude, okay. immediacy, and probability. When okay. you combine those, you can say, how much danger am I really in? Now, the probability of the Corona has gone up exponentially. When people are seeing all these charts and that everybody's getting affected. This isn't just something that's staying in Wuhan. And then is in Asia, this is going everywhere. People mm-hmm. are like, okay, I got to treat this seriously. They understood the magnitude, kind of, and the immediacy, but now that the probability has gone up, people are afraid. So this is something to always take into account when you think about, is this a danger that I really need to give attention to or not? Just use the MIP formula. What's the magnitude of possible harm, the immediacy of the threat and how it could affect me, and the probability that it actually happened. Once you've established what dangers you actually need to watch out for, you want to in some way control them, right? So they don't affect you. So there's four main methods of control. And I am going to say them by a descending hierarchy. So the most important ones, the most powerful ones are going to say first. So first of all, it's distance management. If you can somehow distance yourself from the danger, you'll be fine because it can affect you. Right. And this is exactly like self-quarantining. You're distancing. You're the danger right now in a way. And you're distancing yourself from society. Right. And that's exactly the great thing to do. Um, another way to do it is barriers. That's the second one. So if you can create some kind of barrier between you, that's what people are trying to do with the masks. Right. Create a barrier between them possibly coughing or sneezing and that being spread out somewhere else. Mm-hmm. The, the next one is a deterrent. And I think the deterrents are in a way that it's a little or slower to the coronavirus but in a general business spectrum or security spectrum, counterterrorism, whatever you want to call, it's if I presented a deterrent, people might not want to engage. The danger might not want to engage me. So a deterrent, I think, is in a lot of countries, they're now saying, if you come into our country, you will automatically get quarantined for 14 days. And they're deterring people from coming into their country and causing a mess there. Right. And the last, last counter countermeasure that you want to, the method of control that you want to try to apply are countermeasures. Countermeasures in this case would be vaccines. Okay. Now, the reason that countermeasures are the last thing you ever want to do is that by definition, you're engaging with the danger. So you already, you need a vaccine if you already have the virus, but if you were distancing yourself away from it, or if you had a barrier that protected you, you wouldn't have the virus. So like countermeasures are a way to do that. But again, it's like the least least favorable measure to ever use because you're you're in a risk and then how about creating a contingency plan a contingency plan the foundations of it is once you already have figured out what are the risks and dangers that i need to prepare for what do i actually do in real time when they strike Mm -hmm. so then you need to define that so what does it mean when they strike so what triggers need to happen in order for that to come a reality like what we're talking about what needs to happen so that I know that the supply chains have broken down? What are my triggers? After that, you figure out what is the response that I'm going to have. Okay. And then you break that down, the response into, let's say, stage A to stage B, or like code red to code purple, as they call it, like the airports you've probably heard. Mm-hmm. So how do we go from code? How does this like line of communication work? Who's in charge of spreading things like you delegate tasks? And then what do we actually get done? So there's a couple steps. Like you first off have to figure out what the response is going to be. What are the first, sorry, first off, what are the triggers? Then what the response is going to be, who's in charge of spreading the news that we've gone from code orange to code purple, whatever it may be. And then like, again, how do you go about it in a systematic fashion on a timeline? So what needs to be addressed first to like stop the bleeding 
and then how do you go on from there and from there and from there. Okay. So take us through, say where you're at, all of a sudden an outbreak hits really hard. Or say you're in the, the most effective city in the world and you haven't had come across the virus yet that you know of. So what what are the first steps that you take immediately? Take us through that system. So first off, I try to get out of the city. I try to create distance with myself. Okay. I'm in a small town right now. The Nang is a big town in the middle of Vietnam. Vietnam's a big city. I think it's the third biggest city here. And just 40 minutes away, there's a nice little town. I'm in the middle of a nice vegetable island. So I don't have people around me with the virus. I first thought I'd create distance. The second thing, if I didn't have that option, I would try to create a barrier. And a barrier would probably be self-quarantine myself. Even if I don't have the virus, just stay away from other people. And then I could also like say, if this needs to happen, then that triggers me needing to use my own supplies. And like beyond that, the deterrence, they're not really that valid. I would try to tell people like, don't come in contact with me. <laughs> try to put up a front of some way. And the last thing this the countermeasures are trying to wash my hands, are trying to stay clean, taking all those precautions. But first I would just try to get out of there, honestly. Like if I was, it, my psychology when I hear about people in New York City, like if you have a means, if you have the means to do so financially, it's like, you're not going to have a fun time soon. It right. is not like you're in for like a good time, right. whether it's because it's going to be imposed quarantines or whatever it may be. But if you can get somewhere that's a little more secluded where there's more distance between you and that imminent danger, I think that's the best idea. Yeah. I don't want to, uh, you know, this, this situation is, is pretty crazy for everybody, but I don't want to make this overall podcast a massive downer for everybody because you know within every situation there's always an opportunity and there's some things that uh, all of us can be doing to improve our health in a situation like this improve our mindset in a situation like this um, learn grow help one another and like we said you know some of the most disastrous situations in the world bring out the best in humanity too so First off, we want to touch on some things about boosting boosting your immune system while you are self-quarantined or forcibly quarantined. Hopefully you're not. <laughs> so I just have a, a list of normal things and we'll go through them. First off, actually, let's just let's start with you, Itamar. If you were self-quarantined, what would you do to, to stay healthy throughout that time? I was like a big part that I would focus on that probably most people are are not entirely focused on was how do I keep my mental state healthy? Okay. The, one of the most important things is to keep working out, to keep being active in some way, whether you're doing body weight workouts at home or whatever it may be. But I first want to make sure that I'm not going nuts and that my mental state doesn't deteriorate, which in, in part caused my physical state to deteriorate. Mm -hmm. I think that's a big thing to say first, like figure out a routine inside of that. So you hear that people, when they get in prison, they figure out a routine. They figure out something to drive them, a purpose, and then they make it through that. But people who are just there walling away, they go nuts. Absolutely. I think that's a really important thing. Like figure out a routine and figure out something positive you can do with this time. This is a time to use your creative side of your brains to do something that people did before we had television, like talk to each other and play games and play cards and, you know, sit around the fireplace and just enjoy life. Right. And, uh, people did this for thousands of years before, you know, we got disconnected with our devices. Another good example, you mentioned people in prison, but Anne Frank and her family, you know, were, were locked inside of a home for two years before anybody found that they were there and uh, they kept routines. They, they had to do something to keep their, their sanity. So things that we have been doing since pretty much Saturday, it's two, uh, Monday night now uh, around our place. Of course, we're fortunate enough to have online businesses where we can, you know, work and be productive. But uh, every night we've been lighting the fireplace and just kind of hanging out around the fireplace eating some snacks and just having a chit chat about uh, what's going on uh, around the city. And we've all decided as roommates to self quarantine on our own because we've know, we know that we've been exposed or we know there's possible dangers out there. So that's one thing For, I think it was Saturday night, Saturday night, we came home and we played charades 
which was fun. I mean, when's the last time you guys played charades? So that was quite fun. We have a garage or a gym in our garage. So we'll go out and, and I did some stretching. You guys stretching during this time is massively, uh, very, very good for the immune system and not just go out there for five or 10 minutes, but like do a 40 minute session of stretching or pop on a yoga video and do some stretching during that time. And then also getting outside and getting some sun and vitamin D. I heard this recently that um, when people are um, um, treated for the flu and vaccinated, when they're treated outside, the statistics are people recover quicker because they're treated outside in a natural setting as opposed to in um, a clinic or in a doctor's office or something like that. So uh, what are some other ideas, Itamar? Um, I think a couple ideas that you come when you're talking about, it. I think the first thing is also just what you were saying about Anna Frank. It's like, keep things in the proper perspective. Mm-hmm. Like all we're being asked right now is to stay in our homes. And it's like, it's interesting because before we got on the pod, you were just kind of asking me how I am. I'm like, it's good. It is what it is. And it's like, it's, it's crazy times, but not really. When you think about it in perspective. Yeah. There's not this overall war and this really true existential, st- existential threat to all of mankind. And I think that's something that's really, really important to keep in the proper perspective. It's like, no one here is a victim right now. It's like, we can all manage through this. Yeah. And that's important yeah. to key in on. Um, beyond that, it's like to double down what you were saying about stretching and exercising. Like, if you want to stay healthy, you got to keep the blood flowing. Yeah. Flush out your muscles. It'll flush out your lymph nodes and like, you will be healthier. And get outside as much as you can, again, within the safety parameters, but get some sunshine. Don't just see the inside of the walls. That's not going to make you a healthy person, regardless of Corona or not. (laughs) Yeah. Definitely during this time, you need to be more mindful of that. I think now is a good time to be doubly skeptical, if you're not already, um, of conspiracy theories that are going to pop up all over the place. Because they will, and I've heard quite a few actually already. But uh, what are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on that are a bit different. I think it's irrelevant, honestly. It's like these are the times where people get sucked in to what's not within their circle of control. Mm-hmm. And that could lead you to demise. Like going on your phone all day, reading the news all day, and thinking about these conspiracy theories, like how is this going to help your situation? Right. No way. If you focus that energy into what's actually within your circle of control, you're going to much better serve yourself, your family, your community, everything. Yeah. And so as far as conspiracy theories, honestly, it doesn't matter. It's like, I'm not at the level and like probably the people are listening are not at the level where they can influence world macro trends right now, as far as governments. So don't worry about it. It doesn't help you. And like every moment that you spend discussing this stuff is a moment you're not actually focusing on how to help others or do something positive. It's not, you're not using energy in the positive manner. That's just my opinion. It's a really good point. And that's just not not just in, in this situation, but in, in life in general. Focus on the things that you can control so you don't go to the victim state of mind, right? Yep. Focus on the things that you do have an effect on and, and not the things that you can't control. Because that's where actually if, if you have an attachment to a result or something that you can't control – extra tension will build up in your body, which will increase the cortisol levels, which will make you more stressed out and make you more susceptible to diseases and coronavirus. So one of the things that I noticed, I was at the grocery store Saturday night. I think that's the last time I went anywhere. And, you know, uh, rice, grains, uh, bread, toilet paper are all completely empty off the shelves. But the fruits and vegetables section, you know, there's still quite a few, quite a few fruits and vegetables sitting around. And when I go to the grocery store, I actually buy like 60, 70% fruits and vegetables. That's the first section that I always hit. You guys, this is a really good time to eat healthy, you know, and practice cooking more healthy foods. Um, Your fruits and vegetables, you guys, you can freeze them. You can create some sort of meal, put them in the freezer. Hopefully you have enough freezer space and then warm them up for a meal later on. Don't just get the potato chips and the crackers and the junk food that does last for months and months on time and all the canned food. You know, this is a great time to learn how to uh, cook raw beans and raw legumes and, and make some hummus on your own. And all this stuff that grandma used to do. Berries have a lot of antioxidants in it, you guys. 
Those are important to check out. Natural juice and smoothies. We're having a lot of vitamin C here at the house. I bought actually supplements to make sure we double down on vitamin C levels. Those are incredibly important for the immune system right now. We talked about daily movement. Um, animal flow is a fun thing that you could do at your household, and it uh, could be really creative and fun at the same time, along with yoga and stretching, and then getting your cardio and uh, making sure you're getting some sort of cardio in and some deep breathing. If you guys have ever practiced, sorry, go ahead. The Tabata could be fun. Tabata, just like 20-second workout, 10-second rest. You can go on YouTube, just write Tabata bodyweight exercise. Yeah. You'll have tons of videos that you can do in the house without any equipment and you'll be you'll be good to go you do my favorite uh hotel room workout 100 burpees in 10 minutes and <laughs> you'll get your cardio and your strength training knocked out in 10 minutes i want to ask you something yeah about this, like in general that i remember before uh i went to your event get you done um last october and I remember approaching it like, okay, this is going to be a hard sprint of productivity and like to get a lot of stuff done. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to treat this like how I treat my body during a training camp when I was doing jujitsu competitively. So I have to take care of myself and I have to really understand that like I'm already compromised in one way because I'm stretching myself. So I have to take care of myself on the other end to kind of like balance that out. Right. And I right. do remember you were giving some suggestions. Like I think seven minute body weight workouts, the water and all that. Mm -hmm. I think it would be helpful honestly to like, what were you saying exactly at that time? I think this would serve a lot of people well right now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, some of the things that we suggest are, you know, there's an app called Seven Minute Workout where you can go and, and no matter what you're doing in a busy day during this time or not, um, you can do a seven minute full body workout and it's pretty, it's a good whole body workout and it's seven minutes. I mean, everybody has seven minutes in their day to do a workout. And um, then there's another one, Seven Minute Meditation. Um, there's plenty of apps that you can do also like, of course, during this time, we want to make sure that you're drinking plenty of water, staying hydrated during any time. Uh, this, this, the statistic that's out there that I last heard is that 80% of the people walking around on earth are dehydrated. And, uh, I don't know if that's accurate, but it's probably, probably most people are dehydrated in some way. Another thing that I found out, you know, it's good to have uh, apple cider vinegar, organic, around the house. So if you do have some, have some flu symptoms or just want to have some to kind of keep your immunity up, it's really good to have as well. Either take a quick shot of it or mix it up in your water. Anybody that uh, has done, you know, we have a couple deep breathing, two minute and a five minute high performance deep breathing YouTube videos. And that's good to just kind of balance the cortisol. So if you guys find yourself getting stressed out, whether you're working at home or stressed out because of the situation or just tired of, you know, being around, you know, being quarantined in your own house or whatever, you can pop on a couple minute videos, whether it's ours or not, just do some deep breathing techniques like uh, Wim Hof is a great technique, which will do work wonders for immune, your immune system. It'll raise the alkaline levels in your body and in your blood system. It'll increase the oxygen levels in your blood system. And that's really good for you. I don't know if not everybody can do this, but if you can do ice baths, like these are great to boost the immune system or just take a 90 second cold shower or, you know, hot, good hot soaks, hot baths, hot saunas, soak in the jacuzzi, take a nice long hot shower, anything to keep you relaxed. Of course, sleep optimization, sleep longer. You know, if you're home at home quarantine, no reason not to sleep more. Catch up on that sleep that you're always griping about not getting. And let's see, tea, of course, you know, don't do caffeine too late at night. Don't do it really past 4 p.m. Um, and if you do tea after 4 p.m., some chamomile tea will help you sleep. Um, green tea is great, especially for vitamin C in the daytime, especially organic or natural. And then try and get in sync. Like if, you, if you're out of sync with your sleep rhythms, your circadian sleep rhythms, now's a good time to do that as well. Wake up when the light wakes you up and, and go to bed when, when you feel tired, when it's time to go to bed. Natural, like all the phones and all that should turn them off by like sunset. Let your body drift that. Oh, that, that's one thing that I was going to mention too. These 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 phones that we have, man, these are disease carrying little <laughs> nuggets that we have, and we don't realize it because we're on them all the time. Wipe these down with alcohol. Like wipe your phones down with alcohol, and do it 
daily and why not like if you're quarantined up at, at home and you're trying to stop this thing wipe them down with alcohol if you want to do it all natural thing white vinegar and tea tree oil is a decent disinfectant that i use to disinfect our gym the, our gym in our garage with and it's uh, proven pretty successful you know, go outside. We talked about this. You know, go outside and get some sunlight. This is going to boost your vitamin D levels, your serotonin levels. Go outside and read. Catch up on those books that you, you're behind or you always said you wanted to read. Make goals with friends and family. Hand sanitizers are really good right now. And then one thing that, that I always recommend is meditating. And I think the more you get into the practice of calming your mind, the more you can balance the rest of your life. And so meditating is, is will be really good right now for, for folks. Do what you can to avoid any more distress or cortisol, which is a stress hormone in your body. And uh, I have some more stuff that I want to jump into, some, some cool suggestions about the neuroscience behind this. But anything that you want to add, Itamar, that I, I forgot? It's not anything that I want to add. I think what you're saying is great. I think people just need to recognize that this is not if. This, is, this situation, like we talked, has already been triggered. Yeah. You're already yeah. in a compromised state. Even if yeah. you're not self-quarantined or whatever it may be, because of all the stuff you hear in the news and how many people around you are panicking and you're like kind of feeling that energy, if you will, you're already in a compromised state. So don't be reactive. Try to be as proactive as you can and set yourself up for a routine. Say, okay, these days are different. I cannot go about them in the way that I was in normal day-to-day -day life. I have to be more proactive about my health right now. This is very important. So I am going to eat correctly. I'm going to work out every morning for 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. I'm going to spend at least 20 minutes a day in the sunlight. And I'm going to, at night, I'm going to try to meditate, journal, whatever it may be. But set yourself a very strict curriculum. And it's one of those things where, like, if you discipline yourself like that, You'll have a lot more freedom because you'll feel better. Yeah. So it's not if do these things, but like now go and plan. Yeah. Like my daily routine so far has been that in the morning I do 50 minutes of Tabata workouts. And in the afternoon I go swimming for an hour because I know that I'm going to have this kind of like pent up energy also because there's no more jujitsu because that's all halted and I have to make up for that. And I know that like, these are the days where you have to be really focused. You can't go about things casually when there's chaos about you have to be more focused and i think that's something that people need to recognize like whether you think this is affecting you or not it is unless you're epictetus or marcus aurelius and you're that level of stoicism where you can put all this out it's affecting you so be proactive about it and don't say if this happens then i'll do that but set yourself up a routine so you can win the day and you can feel better and it's a really good opportunity to when you create that routine that for things that can overflow on your regular life when things calm down, right? You've now got this habit to work out on a daily basis, meditate on a daily basis, right? Get some sun on a daily basis, read on a daily basis. Another thing, like while you guys are locked up and quarantined, um, <clears throat> excuse me, is like have those conversations with the people that you are locked up with, you know, the people you care about, you're quarantined with, that you've always really wanted want to have. Have those deep conversations. Talk about future goals. You know, talk about long-term planning. Get to know your kids better. Kids, get to know your parents better. Um, get to know your roommates or whomever you're with. You're, you're with. Ask them about, tell them, ask, here's a fun exercise. Everybody go around in a circle and from their perspective, tell, the, tell them, have them tell their life story. And it'll take, you know, maybe 15 minutes per person, but it's really cool because some things will pop up about people that you've known your entire life that you didn't even know, right? You know, here's another fun exercise you can, you can uh, do with somebody you're, uh, you care a lot about. You can ask them a few questions. You can ask them what is giving and then what is taking. And so that you can start to understand from their perspective how they perceive giving and taking. And then you can also ask them, you know, what is love? And then how can I love you? And you can also understand from their perspective different ways on how they perceive love. And so that's a really fun, deep, intimate exercise that you can do with family and close friends uh, that will help bond you. And what you're doing during these times, you guys, will either, like we've talked about it, will either increase more distress or increase more use 
reduce stress, which is a positive stress, increase more neurochemicals in your body that will boost your immune systems, right? So try to get this daily dose, this daily dose of dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, and endorphins. So in do when it comes to dopamine, you can do this by listening to music. You can celebrate uh, small successes like making a new healthy meal or having a good conversation with family. Try not to stay on social media too much. It'll suck you in, you know. Uh, try not to play video games too much. You know, if you want to play, play them some, just don't get addicted to them. Actually, dopamine can get us addicted to these video games and social media. So we don't want too much of it, but we want a good, decent dopamine hit, like with some music in the background and uh, celebrating some, some small successes. Then the O in our daily dose is oxytocin. So um, oxytocin is released in our bodies when we're, we're bonding and we're sharing a meal and we're telling people that you love them or that you care about them. Touch also releases oxytocin, but make sure you're touching the right person because you don't want to touch anybody that has coronavirus, right? So that's a fun one. Um, hugs also release oxytocin. Serotonin is the S in the daily dose, so celebrating also, but visualization or gratitude practices in getting sun is released in serotonin. Depression levels are usually associated with low levels of serotonin, and so um, if we can boost that and manage that during these times and not just stay locked up in a room and uh, not talking to any people, make sure you get those serotonin practices in and you get some sun and, and you do some uh, gratitude practices to boost those levels. And then the E in a daily dose is endorphins. Endorphins come from physical activity. Like we talked about laughing, watch comedies. You guys don't watch drama and scary movies, watch some comedies, eat some spicy food, try some aromatherapy. All this stuff releases endorphins. I think even dark chocolate does as well, but stay healthy. Don't eat too much of that. And one of the key factors here, you guys, that play a major role in our health and happiness um, in our immune systems is the amount of experiences you have during this time regarding joy and happiness. So there's this little protein in our bodies called immune immunoglobulin. I think I butchered that word, but it's, it's abbreviated by IgA, capital I, lowercase g, and capital A. And this is a protein. It's a protein marker for the strength of the immune system. IgA is, and this comes from uh, Joe Dispenza's book, Becoming Supernatural. Uh, scientifically proven, IgA is an incredible power, incredibly powerful chemical of the primary protein, the, its responsibility for healthy immune function and the internal defense system. It is consistently fighting a barrage of bacteria, viruses, and fungi in our bodies and other organisms as well that invade or are ready and already living within our body's internal environment. You guys, this IgA is so powerful that it is, is, it's better than any flu shot or immune system booster that you could possibly take. And when it's activated, it's the primary internal defense system in the human body. When stress levels and cortisol, things like cortisol are rising, they go up, this, this lowers the level of IgA in our bodies, therefore compromising and down-regulating the immune system's expression of the gene that makes this protein. So when experiencing elevated emotional states like happiness, joy, doing things that uh, are fun, having listening to a funny movie, sharing laughs with people, sharing um, positive experiences, inspirational experiences with other people, when you have gratitude and, and when you do this for just nine to 10 minutes, three times a day, the average IG, IGA levels shoot up by nearly 50%, 49.5%. And the normal range for IGA is somewhere between 37 to 87 milligram, milligrams per deciliter. But some people will measure more than 100 milligrams per deciliter after they do these these practices on a regular basis. Cortisol levels significantly decrease, Ig levels significantly increase, and it's good for the body. So there you guys go. If you want to boost that immune system, one of the most important things you can do is do things that make you happy, experience joy and laughter and the fun things in life. If I can add something to that, that I think Please. is interesting to think about. It's like during these times of chaos, of crisis, there's going to be two defaults kind of. You can either go into survival mode mm -hmm. and survival mode is usually not going to put you in a happy place. You're going to become 
aggressive, you're going to become paranoid, whatever it may be. And I'm sure all those hormones are going to go out of whack and not in a positive way. Like you're going to be able to survive short term, but it is going to have like a negative effect like downstream and it's not sustainable. But if in this time of crisis of chaos, you actually see it as an opportunity for you to find purpose, to help others, to become better. And you just see this as an opportunity to, this is a challenging time. Let me grow. You can be really happy about it. You can actually see it for an opportunity to challenge yourself and become a better person. Yeah. And that sense of purpose is usually what drives people like beyond happiness. It's not just momentary happiness, but it's true. Something that's really deep there, that sense of purpose. Absolutely. Think about. It's in a good way to measure this guys is uh, I think Alison Armstrong defines this as like human animal versus human spirit. So human animal is easily measured by the amount of tension that you have in your body, right? Are you going to that place that Itamar was talking about? Are you going to that place of um, survival mode um, where you are victim? You know, you have this victim mentality where there's a lack of, you know, think about that. Are you feeling this tension in your body versus human spirit where Itamar was talking about this giving state of mind where you're focused on, you know, helping people and doing the right thing and not this victim mentality. So very well put, man. Very well put. I think it's just like, again, going back to that example from the military, it's like when, whenever I try to focus about myself, things were really difficult. Even if I tried to like focus on overcoming or whatever, it was hard, man. Because all of a sudden you listen to all your weaknesses. to yeah. all these things, I mean, all, all these buttons in the back of your head that are telling you, don't do this, don't do that. This is hard, whatever it may be. Yeah. But as soon as that focus was taken to help somebody else out, all of a sudden those things get shut away and you feel much better because of it. You get all this energy. Yeah. It's like, don't focus about me, focus about we or a sense of like bigger purpose. And I think that's for me what's been key a lot of times. Yeah. Do you have any do you have any stories that you can share about focusing on we uh, when you were in the forces or working with the government? It's basically like I said that I, that I don't remember if I told this story when we were already recording or before about that exercise that we had. So basically we were in solo navigation phase of our training period, mm-hmm. which means that from four nights, five nights a week, we're solo navigating 30 kilometers by ourselves is about 20 miles. Oh, and wow. we have about, let's say 25, 30 kilos, about again, 60 pounds probably on your back. And you're navigating through pretty like mountainous terrain. You have these checkpoints that you have to get every night. And then every morning you wake up, you get new checkpoints, you write it on your map, you memorize your map. So it's all done by memorization and you eventually get to that endpoint. And we did that. And then the fifth night, like after the fifth night, the bus was supposed to go down, down south to where the unit was. We were supposed to prepare for next week. Mm-hmm. But all of a sudden, we see it going north. So we're like, oh, this is not going to be fun. And like you start seeing this very big mountain. And as we got off the buses, they're like, all right, guys, you know what's going to happen. Like we're going to march up the mountain now, like open up stretchers and fill them up with sandbags. So as a team, we just did this march up this, uh, up this mountain. And it was, it was hard, man. It was really, really hard. It was a rough climb and we were already tired from a week. Mm-hmm. And I remember about like two thirds of the way up. I remember I was like, man, my legs are cramping. Like my, you know, like when the pinky on your foot just cramps and seizes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's just what it was inside my boot. And I remember like thinking just all in my head, I was like, man, this sucks, this sucks. And the more I thought about it, just like the weaker I got. Mm-hmm. And then I remember one of my teammates who was, who was a beast physically. And he was like, he was an amazing athlete and a great guy. And he just got dehydrated, which goes back again to like hydrate more. Mm -hmm. He just got dehydrated and you could just tell he was out of it. He was like zigzagging along the road. He wasn't able to like carry the, the, how do you call it? Um, The rucksack? The rock, not the rucksack, the the stretcher. Like, cause we were all under the stretchers. We switched on the stretcher with the sandbags. He wasn't carry that. He wasn't able to help. And I just remember all of a sudden when you see that, all of a sudden I got this boost of strength. Like, oh, now we got to step up for him mm-hmm. because Elad's a beast. He's usually a beast. So we all got to step up. And as soon as that came about, everything just became easier. And it yeah. was so weird. Like my, my pain in my pinky wasn't there anymore. And we just like got after it and I got off the mountain. That's amazing. And it's just like an example. Like when you, in this situation of, chaos now after corona if i just think about myself and my survival and like oh business might go south whatever it may be it's not going to be a good place 
But if I see this as an opportunity to be like, you know what, how can I be an amazing husband to my wife and make sure she's calm about it because she knows I'm in control? How can I be great with my clients because they know that like, there is a way here and I can show them the light. If I take all this stuff on myself, I feel empowered. I feel motivated. And I'm not at all like going into that negative place that we talked about. Cause it's not about me. It's about how do I become better so I can help others. Right. So that's a fabulous way to end the podcast, man. Okay. <laughs> Listeners, you guys, uh, stay cool, stay collected, keep your heads about you and reach out if you need any help. You know, I'm here. I'm sure Itamar extends that invitation as well. Check out IntelliHelp Facebook page. You guys, that's a yeah, that's a great page to be in the giving mindset right now and to stay abundant and to stay focused on health above progress. And um, and yeah, I think we'll wrap it up there. Anything else you'd like to say, Itamar? Just view this as an opportunity. Everyone's in a challenge right now. This is challenging times. This is an opportunity for you to grow, to do amazing things. The more you look at it like that, the easier it'll be for you. Yeah, thousand percent. We'll put a, a Itamar's show notes or Itamar's website and a link if you guys want to check out all of his stuff he has going on. You guys, thank you for tuning in once again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Goodbye, everybody. Hey, listeners, thanks for joining us once again. We wanted to remind you about our high-performance productivity coaching and our five, six, seven, and eight-figure private masterminds. These are all designed for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs to help you scale rapidly and grow. Check out all the details at thebusinessmethod.com. That's thebusinessmethod.com. And we'll see you all on the next episode.